Hello. I am reading Why I Assassinated Gandhi by Nathuram Godse for you. I read the first chapter and left the bookmark at page 17. Let's start. The police investigation, the arrests and the special court. Nathuram Godse had surrendered to the Delhi police on the spot. The inquiry started that very night. As long as Nathuram's name was not disclosed, people were making wild guesses. The refugees became restless lest the assassin of Gandhi ji might turn out to be one of them. Subsequently, Nathuram's name was disclosed and it was clear that he was neither a Punjabi nor a Bengali nor a Sindhi or not even a refugee. Joy was openly expressed in cities like Amritsar, Ambala, Calcutta, Kanpur and others. Digambar Ramchandra Bej was arrested by the Pune police on 31st January 1948 and later taken in the charge by the Bombay police. Thousands of people all over the country were arrested under preventive detention laws. VD Savarkar was also one of them. Later and apparently for the reasons stated in the chapter dealing with Savarkar the arrest of Savarkar was converted from one and a preventive detention act into one as an accused in the Gandhi murder case Madan Lal Pahawa had already been arrested 10 days before the assassination at the time of bomb explosion on 20 January he did not have anything to add to the information he had given to the investigation relating thereto on monday morning that is on 2nd february 1948 when i that is the author gopal godse took leave of my wife and left the house i had given her a fair idea of the possibility of my being arrested any time at that time i had set up my residence at kharki a suburb of pune on 5th february 1948 i left kharki for kamshet I got down at Kamshet and made for Uksan which was at a distance of 10 miles from Kamshet. I had not covered half the distance when I saw the police van following me. They took me in their van. Shankar Kistaya, Baj's servant, walked into the CID office Bombay on 6th February 1948. The last persons to be arrested were Nana Apte and Karkare who were arrested in Bombay by the police on 13th and 14th of February. 1948 Dr Parchuraf Gwalior was arrested and kept imprisoned in the Gwalior fort itself On the 25th of May 1948 all of us who had been kept in the CID office Bombay were taken to Delhi by plane in two batches As Savarkar was not well on that day he was brought to Delhi next day that is on 26th of May 1948 from the Arthur Road prison On 27th of May 1948 we were brought to the entrance of the specially made prison in the Red Fort and it was there we all including Savarkar and Dr Parchure saw one another Badge had turned approval before the date fixed for next hearing he did not sit in the dock thereafter In 1947 the Bombay legislature passed a law known as the Bombay Public Security Measures Act Act 4 of 1947 with the provisions such as appointment of special court the appointment of a single judge with the powers to record setting aside the usual procedure of preparing the charge sheets and charges to pronounce death sentence or the sentence of transportation for life 
for the attempt to murder to conduct the work of prosecution promptly and continuously to reduce the period of appeal from 60 days to 15 days this act was made applicable to delhi as well in 1948 so far as this prosecution was concerned from the murky musty atmosphere of solitude we had come into open environment of the court it was 27th of may 1948 and the time was half past 9 in the morning the atmosphere in the court was still more reliving the courtroom was a hall at measuring about 100 feet in length and 22 feet in width and was located on the first floor The Gandhi assassination case had assumed as much importance and gravity as the actual incidents of the assassination. One of the reasons for this was that the government had implicated in this conspiracy no less than a person internationally well known Swatantra Veer Savarkar himself. Savarkar who for the major part of his life had organized secret societies for the liberation of India from foreign bondage in and out of India. he who endured incomparable hardships harassments and torture in that attempt who rekindled the flame of self respect amongst the hindus by propounding and propagating the political philosophy for the hindu nation at 10 am the registrar of the court announced the arrival of the judge the photographers focused their cameras on the judge and the dazzling flashlights glowed and flickered off one after another shri sikh daftari stood up saluted the judge and read out the charge sheet against the accused and submitted it to the court the court ordered the summaries of the statements and the witnesses to be given to the defense counsels by the 2nd june 1948 the court would sit again on 3rd june 1948 after returning from the court we arranged our luggage As was decided earlier the prosecution supplied Shri Anna Rao Bhopatkar with a copy of the statements of the witnesses although Shri Bhopatkar was pleading for Savarkar he was entrusted the charge with overall guidance of the defense in general Shri Ganpat Rai and Shri Jamna Das Mehta and other pleaders helped the other accused besides their work for the defense of Savarkar The court framed the charges against us the accused on 22nd June 1948. The judge asked each of us if he accepted the charges to be true. We denied the charges. Madanlal submitted a written statement while denying the charges in which he said quote and quote I deny that there was ever any conspiracy to do any harm whatever to Mahatma Gandhi or that I was involved in such conspiracy. The incident in 20th January 1948 was meant only to demonstrate the widespread dissatisfaction in the country with the pro-Muslim policy and action which Gandhi ji was advocating in those days. It was nothing more. Quote and quote. While denying the charges, Dr. Parchure said that he was the resident of Gwalior. The state of Gwalior had not acceded to the Union Government of India by then. The government of India had not issued the extradition warrant against Dr. Pachure before he was taken into its custody. Shri C K Daftari, the chief public prosecutor, opened the case and at the end of the day he requested the court to visit the site of the incident. Nathura declined. Apte, Karkare, Madanlal and Gopal showed their desire to visit the spot while Shankar Kistaiya, Dr. Pachure and Savarkar said they were not interested. 
The visit was fixed at 10 a.m. on the 24th June 1948. We were observing the spot with a view to answer the statements the prosecutor might make in order to prove the charge they had leveled against us. But that was a minor consideration with us, as our lawyers were more competent. The thought that we were very thickly connected with the background of the incident because of which that place had suddenly sprung into the limelight was uppermost in our minds. That was a spot where a chapter of Indian history came to an end because it was a place where the life of one who had dominated for decades the political life of the Indian nation had ended. And again, it was a place which made it imperative for others with peaceful disposition to stake their lives. It was a place where a society besmeared all over with blood as a consequence of the false notions of the Hindu-Muslim unity went to show Gandhiji their open gashes and the deep-rooted sorrow of their hearts and to tell him the harrowing tales of the thousands of victims of the partition. That was a place where they expected their bleeding wounds to find a tongue strong enough to voice their unbearable affliction to the world. But it was also a place where the selfish psychophants gathered around Gandhiji and gave him the impression that his policy of non-violence was completely successful and that the political revolution had been brought about without even a drop of blood being shed. This was the same spot where Gandhiji assured Maulana Azad that the refugees from Pakistan who had sought shelter in India and housed in the houses of those Muslims who had left the country for their new home in Pakistan should again be brought back. The Muslims who had left should be wooed to come back and the property be returned to them. This was the place where the fast to compel the government to reverse its decision of withholding the payment of 55 crores of rupees was undertaken. And lastly, it was the place where the anti-Hindu policies emanated and as it emerged in the years to come were so conveniently adopted for selfish gains. As we were surveying the place, all this fresh history was unfolding itself before our eyes once again. This recent past did not appear to us as clear as it was made out to be, nor did it appear bloodless. We felt that the very atmosphere there was surcharged with blood, the blood of the martyrs who laid down their lives for the attainment of national freedom, the blood of innocent victims of the inhuman atrocities committed due to the vivisection of the country. We also felt that as a natural concomitant to all this, the blood of Gandhiji was lending a deepening dye to this ghastly atmosphere. And now perhaps, as a culminating draught, this hideous atmosphere was thirsting for the blood of at least some of us. All this blood that was shed and that was still to be shed I thought was the price that we paid for the national independence once so dearly. His assassination was likely to demand the sacrifice of lives of some of us accused. While saying that Swaraj was attained without any bloodshed was a great insult and sadly enough who do not realize it that the blood was profusely shed was of the millions of Hindus. In fact, we are surrounded by the crafty, selfish politicians and the psychophants by dining this falsehood into our ears day in and day out. The trial began and the prosecution commenced showing the evidence. 
the endeavor of the prosecution was to establish connections between the accused with one another during the period which they alleged when the conspiracy was hatched. Nathuram Godse and Narayan Apte were the editor and managing director respectively of the daily Hindu Rashtra. This fact was undisputed. The prosecution tried to prove that both of them traveled together to Bombay, Delhi and Gwalior. They further proved their stay at Marina Hotel, New Delhi between 17 January 1948 to 20 January 1948 and at the railway station retiring room at Delhi Junction on 29th and 30th January 1948. The prosecution also alleged that Karkare, Gopal Godse, Madanlal Pahava, Digambar Bej and Shankar Kistaya had gathered in the Marina Hotel on the 20th January 1948. But for this allegation, on part of the prosecution, there was no other evidence than that of the Digambar Bej, the approver. A witness from the Marina Hotel where Nathuram and Apte had stayed brought in their register to show the entries of Nathuram Godse and Narayan Apte under fictitious names. A taxi driver deposed that he took Nathuram Godse, Narayan Apte, Gopal Godse and Vishnu Karkare, Digambar Bej and Shinkar Kistaya to the Birla house on the evening of 20th January 1948 and also took three of them back to the Connaught place. The prosecution brought some witnesses against Dr. Parchure to prove that he was originally from British India, that is, from that part of India which was not governed by the princes. The prosecution wanted to establish that since Dr. Parchure belonged to British India, no extradition warrant was necessary. There was yet another point. There was no arms act existing in the Gwalior state. Dr. Parchure could not be charged with an offence under the arms act if it were proved that he hailed from Gwalior. The state had not merged in the Union of India till the day in question. In order to show that the conspiracy continued even after 20th January 1948 till the goal of assassinating Gandhiji on 30th January 1948 was reached. The prosecution brought a witness from Thane, Maharashtra to prove a meeting between Nathuram Godse, Narayan Apte, Karkare and myself. A mere meeting, however, could not establish the existence of the conspiracy. The evidence against Veer Savarkar and his reply to the allegations has been narrated later. The prosecution had brought as many as 149 witnesses. Their evidence ran into 720 pages. Then, on 8-11-1948, it was the turn of the accused. Accused number one was Nathuram Vinay Kodse. He desired to make a detailed statement. Shri C.K. Daftari objected to the making of any lengthy statement. The special judge overruled to the objection and said, Go on, make your statement. And began Nathuram Godse with the words that resounded, May it please your honour. So here we finish the chapter 2. The next chapter is the part 1 of the answer to the charge sheet. It has got 47 points. Let's start reading. I, Nathuram Vinay Godse, the first accused above named respectfully beg to state as under point number 1. Before I make my submission as regards the various charges, I respectfully submit that the charges as framed are not according to law. Inasmuch as there is a misjoinder of charges and there ought to have been 
two separate trials, one relating to the incident of the 20th January 1948 and the other relating to the incident of the 30th of January 1948. The two having been mixed up together, the whole trial is vitiated. Point number two. Without prejudice to my above submission, I make my submission in respect of the various charges as framed are stated hereafter. Point 3. In the charge sheet preferred against the accused at the number of counts, it has been stated that each of accused individually and jointly with others has been charged with the commission of the various offences punishable under the Indian Penal Code and other statutes. 4. It appears from the charge sheet that the prosecution takes the events that has happened on 20th January 1948 and thereafter on 30th January 1948 as one and the same or a chain of events in continuation of one and the same object culminating in the murder of Gandhi ji I therefore wish to make it clear at the outset that the events up to 20th January 1948 are quite independent and have no connection whatsoever with what happened thereafter and on 30th January 1948 five the first and the foremost amongst the said charges is the charge of conspiracy amongst the accused to murder Gandhi ji I shall therefore first deal with the same I say that there was no conspiracy of any kind whatsoever amongst the accused to commit any of the offences mentioned in the charge sheet. I may also state here that I have not abetted any of the other accused in the commission of the alleged offences. 6. I say that the evidence led by the prosecution in this regard does not establish and prove that there was any conspiracy whatsoever. The only witness who deposes about the alleged conspiracy is Digambar R. Bedge. His totally unreliable witness, as will be proved, Your Honor, by my counsel when he explains the case and deals with the evidence of this witness. Seven, as regards the charge of collecting and transporting arms and ammunition without license and abetment thereof on 20 January 1948. I say that I deny the said charge and say that I neither carried or transported gun cotton slabs hand grenades detonators wicks pistols revolvers cartridges etc as alleged nor did I have any control of any such arms or ammunition nor did I abet and aid any of the accused to do so either before or on about 20 January 1948 or any other date I deny therefore that I contravened any of the provisions of the Indian Arms Act or the Indian Explosive Substances Act and that I committed any offence punishable under the said acts. Let me here now place the bookmark this is page 26 and if by now you are really curious to know about what happens next you can favorite my podcast so that as soon as I upload my next podcast you will be notified until we meet next please take very good care of yourself